I tell you what, he is our king. Amen. I don't know of a greater king, the only king. His name is King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that great singing this morning for the praise team. I just, and uh, it was just wonderful just to, to praise the Lord. And that song always gets to me. And uh, I just uh, thank the Lord for his goodness. Well, good to see you in the house of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Can you do that? Amen. Good to see you. Well, I tell you, I love, I'm, I'm like uh, Brother Butch Davis. I love this church. Amen. Some of the sweetest saints I know are right here. And many saints that used to be of this church are already in heaven. And uh, won't that be a glad day when we have the Hallelujah Square? We'll have a crossroads square in heaven. That's our place. Now, when we get caught up with the multitudes in the rapture, Look for me, all right? Just call out, Pastor Tim, I'll be over there. And uh, we'll all just gather together and we'll have a shouting time, amen? Amen. Well, in a, in, in a few days, it's gonna be Thanksgiving. And uh, God always speaks to my heart about this, the, the message about Thanksgiving. And um, God loves it. In fact, there are so many verses in the Bible that God instructs us to be thankful. And uh, I, I always think about sermons about thanksgiving and thankfulness. And there's one scripture, I probably one text I use all the time in my years of preaching. And it is always found in Luke chapter 17, verse 12 through verse 19. And it's the story about the 10 lepers. And uh, you know, the 10 got healed, then one came back to thank the Lord and uh, the other nine just kind of forgotten. We kind of broke bad on those other nine guys. And uh, we thought, man, those ungrateful guys. And well, we preached about it. But thank God for this Samaritan man. Came back and thanked the Lord. And we, we talk about that. But, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of research and studying. And I, I've just had that text come back on my mind. And I, just God revealed something to me in the study of this text. And I, I want to share it with you this morning of what the Lord has, has, has really spoken to my heart about. And I want to speak to you on the subject on three steps to true gratitude. And uh, it's an interesting text. It's a very interesting text. I think it's interesting. And uh, there, are, there are three things as I look at this text that, that God just speaks to my heart about. And uh, the very first thought that I see in the scriptures uh, in Luke chapter 17, verse 12 through 13, and the very first big point that I look at, and that is be smart enough to confess your desperate need. Uh, I, as I was reading in Luke 17, 12 through 13, Jesus enters this village, and the Bible says, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, the Bible teaches us that, that these fellas came out to acknowledge they had a, a severe need. And there's one thing that I want us to look at this morning is God loves it when we confess our needs to him. And I don't know about you, but I'm always in desperate need. My, my needs are always great. My, my needs are always intense. My troubles are always intense. And I think yours are too. And the Bible teaches us that these 
lepers. And by the way, they, there are many other lepers, but there are 10 specific lepers that, that needed God to do something for them. They, there were 10 lepers that were not satisfied to stay in the status quo. They, there are 10 lepers that probably came out of a colony of maybe 100 lepers, 10 of them decided to get out of the place of complacency and to get out into the presence of God and to cry out to the Lord for mercy. And they were confessing their need to the Lord. Now, the word confession is a word you don't hear often in churches. A confession means that we agree with God about the nature of our sin, and then we cry out for help in our state of helplessness and despair. Sometimes there are problems that come our way that only God can solve. There, there, there are problems that come our way that, that if God doesn't intervene, then we're going to be in deep trouble. And these 10 lepers realized that they had a deplorable disease, this, this disease of the skin. It's called Hansen's disease. This disease that would literally take their lives early. And they suffered because this leprosy caused their fingers to drop off, their toes to drop off, and it, it caused a great paralysis. And they suffered with this leprosy. And it's a smart thing to confess our ugly sins and brokenness to God. And leprosy has always been compared to sin in the life of a believer. And there's something but in all of us that we want to cover and we want to hide our transgressions. There's something about us that keeps us from confessing to the Lord. There's this propensity to always hide and cover. And that's why we are emotionally sick many times and why we, we don't have the joy of the Lord because we, we don't just bring it out to the Lord and ask God to forgive us and to cleanse us and to heal us. I asked my grandson last night, and we were in the hospital yesterday with uh, Brother Chris Tracy, uh, uh, had a very serious health issue, and we were in the Christian in a hospital all day, and I got home late last night, and I was thinking about the sermon, and I looked at my grandson, he's about 14 years old, and I said, I said, why do you think people have a difficult time confessing their sins to God? And uh, amazingly, this young man sat there, and he just rattled off several things why it's difficult for us to confess. And I told him, I said, son, you're going to be a preacher. And I'm so glad he helped me write my sermon last night. <laughs> but he, he wrote off several things that I'm going to share with you. Number one, he said, the first reason why we do not pop up is the reason we don't want to confess our sins because of shame. And we're embarrassed about our sins, and we don't even like to think about it, let alone talk about it. Shame. The second reason why we have a difficult time confessing our, our, our brokenness to God, and that is fear. We fear that when we speak or confess it, that we're going to have to bear out the consequences of it. Pretty good for a 14-year-old, isn't it? And then thirdly, uh, the third reason why we have a very difficult time confessing is because of pride, because that means we have to admit that we are wrong, 
Because our pride keeps us from being humble before the Lord. And then fourthly, resistance to change. We don't like to repent because it involves changing our behavior. We get comfortable. And then number five, we become comfortable in our sin. The lepers didn't see their need to leave the leper colony. And then number six, unbelief. We don't really believe that our sins can be be cleansed or be forgiven so we remain unmoved. Confession. These 10 leopards, as they were sitting in the leper colony, they probably thought to themselves as, as their fingers were dropping off and the stench of that open, porous disease as this deformity and disfigurement begin to, to, to cloud over their appearance, they could have thought to themselves, I don't want to leave. This is more comfortable here. I found me a little root juice from a root of a plant, and that gives me just enough comfort to get through one day at a time. And they, they probably thought to themselves, it's just better to stay where I am. And a lot of us stay in a state of misery. And we don't come to the Lord in desperation, and we don't come in confession to the Lord. is because we have learned to deal with the troubles where we are. These 10 lepers said, you know what? I'm tired of living like this. And they came out and they confessed their desperate need to the Lord. The second big point that I see is I think about this text, and that is be vulnerable enough to allow God to see through you. Now, this is interesting. The Bible says in verse 17... Chapter 17, verse 14, the Bible says that they went out to the, where the gate was, where they went out by the outs, outskirts of the village, and they, they cried out to the Lord, and they said, Look at us, Lord Jesus. Here we are. Have mercy on us. And that's so unnatural for a person with leprosy because, number one, it was a very unsafe thing to do. I was reading about Jewish historians, and they said leopards were, the, were soft targets for many people. If a person got leprosy many times because of the fear of those who were healthy, many times they killed. They'd take arrows, and they would shoot and kill leopards because they didn't want them to be around. They didn't want them to be contagious, and they would get killed. So for a, a leper to come out of that leper colony, out of that safe place and to come out and stand on the outskirts of the city and to cry have mercy on us they were a wide open target to get killed back in that period of time they cried the bible says they cried out lord have mercy on us we are lepers they were vulnerable they they put themselves in the presence of god and they didn't know they could have possibly been condemned by God. In fact, the Old Testament taught in many areas that leprosy had to be treated many times by being cast aside, to be put out of the city, to be put out of the circle of life. 
A leper would lose his job, they would lose their income, they would lose their property, they'd lose their families, they'd lose their health, they'd lose the comfort, they'd lose everything. And they were, they were put out alone and there was no hospital beds and there weren't there were any medical places to treat them, but rather they were cast out into the wilderness and they were there to die without compassion and love and with care. They were vulnerable enough to allow God to see them. And they saw Jesus from afar. They saw Jesus with his 12 disciples. I can almost see them. They're out there by the edge of the road. And here comes Jesus with his disciples. And these 10 guys were looking for the Lord. They heard that he was coming to town and they cry out to the Lord. And verse 14 says something very profound. The Bible says that Jesus looked at them. He looked at them. That just grabbed me, and I thought to myself, I wanted to look further into what that word look means, the, the, conjugating that Greek verb there. He looked. As I looked even deeper, I found that that word look meant that he examined them. In other words, it wasn't just a glimpse. It wasn't just a gander of ten sick men afar. It wasn't just a quick peak of 10 guys who were suffering. This was a deep look. This was a prevailing uh, examination. It was a thorough search with the almighty eyes of God. This was the look of deep in inspection. It was an invading, probing look. God not only saw their suffering, but he could look down into the recesses of their soul and to feel their pain of rejection, their, their hopelessness, their despair. He felt that. He looked upon them. And I got news for you today. When Jesus looks at you this morning, he sees your suffering. He feels your pain. He is a God who is the great high priest, who is compassionate, who loves you and feels what you feel this morning. Amen. Jesus looked at them. These 10 lepers were willing to expose the ugliness of their disease in the presence of God, and they didn't know. It was a vulnerable place to be. God could have condemned them, or God could have showed mercy. It would have been easier for them to stay in the leper colony and not take their chance. They were willing to expose themselves to God for either mercy or condemnation. And lepers naturally hid their ugliness by covering their deformity for fear of ridicule and reproach and sharp rejection. Because vulnerable enough to put themselves in the presence of God, they were rewarded by being declared clean. And then the Lord says this, he says, he looked at them and he said, and he saw and he felt their pain. And I imagine it wasn't just a, a quick thing. He just stood there and he just felt their suffering. And then he says something very interesting. He says, you 10 guys, you go see the priest. 
an Old Testament, Testament ceremonial law, in order for a leper to be brought back home again, they had to show the priest that there were no signs of leprosy. And I thought about this. I, I thought about this, just thinking through. These 10 leopards, they're, <laughs> they're full of open sores. They have nubs for feet and nubs as hands. And they're crying out for mercy. And God says, go show the priest. And they're like, what? If I go show the priest the condition of my physical state now, they'll put me to death. But they were vulnerable. Listen to this. They were vulnerable to move in their state of corruption because they believe the word of God. And because God says, go show your priest in the state that they were in, they believed that God was going to do a miracle for them. So their vulnerable state moved them in faith to run to God. And as they run to the priest to show, there was a healing that took place. Which tells me, my friends, if we want emotional healing and help today, the moment we start running to Jesus Christ, the moment we come to him in faith, the moment we begin to exercise faith in him, and he says without faith, it is impossible to please him. We need to come to him in full faith to know that we have a God that can resolve our problems, that that can bring healing to our bodies. And the moment they started to, to run to the priests, they were running in total faith. They were vulnerable. And as they were running, the fingers began to come back onto their hands. And immediately, the pain began to subside. And immediately, they saw their flesh was like the, the freshness of the baby's flesh. And, and, and as they were running, they began to sense that they were completely healed They were vulnerable enough to take off running to see the priest, and God healed them. Sometimes we have to be vulnerable. We're in a bad place, possibly in our life, maybe going through a bad marriage, or maybe we're going through a physical disease in our body, and we got to have faith to run to him. Run to him to know that he is a God that loves us and cares. He feels what we feel. But many times God just gives us that margin for us to exercise our faith. God wants us to do something. He wants us to partner with him. He wants us to step up. And Lord, help us to be that obedient child. And then number three. And that is, it takes us to the place of true gratitude. We need to be humble enough to express gratitude to God. Luke 17, verse 14 and 15 says, And as they went, oh, don't you love that? <laughs> and as these old, <laughs> I can see them now, Jesus says, Go show the priest. These guys go, Okay, okay. And they're, you know, trying to run. And as they're hobbling across the field, all of a sudden, they take off like runners because God infuses them with healing. <laughs> and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back 
to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Six things. Number one, he came back. Number two, he came back shouting. We have to be humble enough to express gratitude to God. Someone says, well, I don't want to shout because someone will think I've lost my marbles. You got to be humble enough to recognize what God has done for you. Let me tell you something. He saved us from the pit of the dam forever. He put our name in the Lamb's book of life. He healed us of all of our diseases. Praise his name. I don't care what Sister Wigglejaws says about me. I don't care what this proud, arrogant person would think about me. I praise him in the house of God. Lift up your voice and praise him. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand and thank God for salvation so rich and free. Praise his name. <laughs> Sometimes we got to learn to humble ourselves to express our gratitude to God. He came back, number one, two, shouting. Thirdly, he was praising God. Fourth, he fell to the ground. Number five, he fell at the feet of Jesus. Number six, he thanked him. Now, I believe all ten leopards were generally thankful that the Lord had healed them. Now, that's a different sermon than I've ever preached before. Because I often say, these are ungrateful. But you know what? I believe they were, I think they were generally thankful that they were healed. But they failed to come back to express their thanks to the one who had healed them. And this is why I want to share this with you. I believe the other nine were like, thank God we obeyed God, thank God. But, but they failed to express. And it hit me. Many in the church house are very thankful. But there's not that humility enough that we prostrate ourselves to the, in the presence of the Lord to forget what people think and get past peer pressure to praise him. This one guy had the humility. Why do people find it hard to express thankfulness to God? I mean, express it. I mean, put aside your inhibitions. Put aside what people think. And just lose yourself in the presence of Jesus and just let it go. So I'm afraid what will happen. Just let it go. Well, I might just find myself running around the sanctuary. You just go ahead and run. I might find myself screaming. Just scream on. So on churches, I don't know what religion came up with the idea that people ought to be somber and quiet. Because let me tell you something, that's not the Bible. I don't think the church ought to be sitting in silence. I mean, we are the redeemed. We are the children of God. We are the bride of Christ. We're on our way to heaven. We're just pilgrims passing through. It's not a time to play religion and play quiet and shut up and sit down. This is a time that God's people need to open their mouths wide and praise him like Book of Psalms, praise him in the sanctuary, praise him with the symbol, the symbol, praise him with the percussion, and everything give that has breath. Let them praise the Lord. Praise him. Glorify him. 
Occasionally, I get some of them church folk come out the door and say, I just think we need to be quiet in church. I said, yeah, so would the devil. I tell them that too. Oh, your church is, you're too happy. We don't like them happy clappies. <laughs> watch them at the Dallas, I'm sorry, some of these football people, I watch 100,000 some people up there going crazy over a stupid ball game. Has no, it's stupid. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Brad likes football. Chasing a, I don't know if it's made of pig skin, cowhide, I don't know. Chasing a ball. I look at that and I'm thinking, man, we are living in the last days. I wish I could get 100,000 people in here excited about Jesus who gives eternal life. And that same old crowd that tells us we need to shut up in church and they need to go out there and shout and mm-mm. We need to praise him. Why do people find it hard to express thankfulness to God? Number one, expressing thankfulness is not part of our natural makeup. Number two, expressing thankfulness is difficult because we feel pressure from our peers. You look over and someone, you catch their eye looking at you like, what are you doing, jerk? Just give them a look back. Say, I love Jesus. You need to love him too. So I, I think churches, we need to be quiet. Not me. Number three, expressing thankfulness doesn't come easy because we always feel entitled. I'm saved. Well, I should be saved. God, forgive me because I feel like he owes me because I'm, I'm a good person. No, we all deserve hell. I'm saved by the grace of God. Man, I was moved by that song the praise team sang, You are my king. You are forsaken so I can be accepted. Mm. Number four, expressing thankfulness makes us feel childish and undignified. A fifth reason why people find thankfulness or express the expression of thankfulness difficult is because expressing thankfulness makes us feel foolish and out of control. Number six, expressing thankfulness takes valuable time and needless emotional energy. And number seven, expressing thankfulness to some people takes a comprehension of the real depth of our gift of mercy. And the reason our thankfulness is not expressed the way it should is because if we could really see what Jesus did for us, if we really could see what he saved us from, Ain't a soul be sitting in a chair. We'd be shouting all over this church, outside, inside the coffee bar. We'd have coffee spilled everywhere. We'd just go on bananas because let me tell you something. God paid the price of our sin in full. If hell could open up and the people from hell would share with you the nightmare of being in hell and never coming out and seeing the sun or breathing fresh air or have someone dip the tip of their finger, the tip of their finger in water, that it would cool them from their flame, they would cry out to you and say, whatever you do, 
Thank God for the salvation that is extended to you. And thank God that you have enough faith and enough belief in the word of God that you have embraced him as Lord and Savior. He saved you from hell. And not only did he save you from hell, but rather he has created a kingdom for you in heaven, a place that is far beyond human comprehension. Not only will you be comforted, but there you shall experience the fullness of the joy of the Lord forever. (laughs) God is good. Our wonderful deacons, and I love our men, I love our deacons, I love all the men that serve here are going to come, you guys come on down because we're going to have communion. And this communion is all about remembering what he did for us to set us.